0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Thinking Curious, where we unpack abstract ideas that are wrapped up in stories to discover truths that can help us live well and encourage us in our pursuit of purpose. I'm Jessica, your host. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me today. Before we get into our story, I want to say hello to someone I recently met during a trip to Northern Virginia. Managing the front desk of my hotel was a young man named Chris. As we chatted, I learned that he enjoys writing, so we talked some more. Our conversation meandered to podcasts. He shared his thoughts and listened to my ideas for this podcast. I was encouraged by our conversation and appreciated his openness. So Chris, if you're catching this podcast, thank you, and I hope you keep writing. One of my favorite childhood stories is The Emperor's New Clothes, written by Hans Christian Andersen, published in 1837. I recently read it again, and upon reflection, found it even more noteworthy than I had understood it to be. Have you ever had that happen? Have you read a story you enjoyed when you were younger, and later read it again, and discovered something more profound than what you had understood at first? Well, that was my experience when I reread The Emperor's New Clothes. After rereading Anderson's cautionary tale, I appreciated it even more when I noticed the way in which he artfully communicates his understanding about human nature. His depiction of the character's actions, along with the insightful reasons he gives for their behavior, demonstrate the common sense that there is more to people than meets the eye. Today I brought you my paraphrase of the highlights of the Emperor's new clothes. Once upon a time, two rogues presented themselves as tailors in an emperor's court. This emperor gave more attention to how he appeared to his subjects than to the welfare of the people he was responsible for. The two would-be weavers claimed that they could make clothes that had the wonderful property of remaining invisible to those unfit to hold their office and the extraordinarily simple. They claimed that people who could not see the new clothes were foolish and unqualified to do their jobs the author does an excellent service to the reader by immediately describing the emperor as obsessed with his wardrobe and these tailors as tricksters. The author hints that the emperor's weakness may unveil his ineptitude and that these rogues have come to deceive. Upon hearing the claims of the tricksters, the emperor paid large sums of money to them for a new suit of clothes. The scheming weavers, enriched by the money and supplies from the emperor, pretended to work at the loom creating the cloth that would separate the intelligent from the ignorant and the capable from the unskilled and the elite from the common. But the tailors created nothing. They were terribly busy weaving a falsehood to make themselves rich. When the emperor, his trusted advisors, and his entire court went to see the suit of clothes crafted by the pretend weavers, they saw no clothes at all, because there was nothing to see. But... Because the emperor, his advisors, and his entire court believed the swindlers' narrative, that those who were unworthy and less intelligent could not see the clothes, they praised the work of the would-be tailors as magnificent. Even though the lack of tangible clothing was evidence of the fraud, the whole court chose to reject their sense of sight and touch. They failed to speak the truth. Believing the report of the two Charlatan tailors, the emperor, his advisor, the officer of his court, and the courtiers feared that their inability to see the cloth meant that they were either simpletons or unfit to hold their offices. The courtiers feared losing their positions in society by disagreeing with the emperor, so they went along with the lie. The emperor's advisor feared he would lose his influence if he were seen as a simpleton. He denied the truth and accepted the lie. An officer of the emperor's court believed he was not stupid, but perhaps he was not fit for his good, profitable office. Fearing monetary loss, he chose to deny his own eyes and praise the beauty of the non-existent suit of clothing. When the emperor realized he could not see the clothing, he believed that his inability to see the fabulous wardrobe confirmed the truth he feared, that he was both a simpleton and unfit to be the emperor. To continue to cover up his incompetence, he praised the beauty of the wardrobe that did not exist. Then came the big day. A parade allowing the emperor to show off his beautiful new suit made its way through the town. Many of the onlookers along the parade route had heard rumors about the fantastical property of the suit of clothes, that those who could not see the clothes were either stupid or unfit for their work. The Emperor did not give sway to his senses and blindly avoided the truth that he was parading through the town without the usual cover his beautiful wardrobe provided for him. He was utterly naked, unmasked. This parade was meant to affirm the Emperor's superior intelligence and his fitness for office. All who denied the truth by praising the invisible garments would find themselves included in the elite group. However, It did not go as planned, because of a little child, who was not yet afraid to speak the truth. The child saw the naked emperor parading through the town, and heard the people complimenting his clothes. The child considered what his eyes were seeing, and judged the reality of the spectacle, and said, But the emperor has nothing on at all. Listen to the voice of innocence, his father called out. In what way was this child innocent? The child demonstrated innocence through honesty. He was not influenced by the emotionality of groupthink displayed by his onlooking neighbors. The promise of authority and riches would not compromise him. He had not developed the habit of going along to get along, which erodes one's conscience. He considered within himself the truths he knew, his senses and reason working together to form his belief. The result was that he could accurately name what the whole town was looking at. Upon hearing the truth, the townspeople grew encouraged and cried out, But he has nothing on at all! The emperor was visibly irritated, recognizing that he was naked before the crowd. However, he continued in his folly, all his lords and ladies with him, proving that indeed they were foolish and ill-equipped to be leaders. The very truth they sought to cover up by going along with a lie. When I first heard the emperor's new clothes as a child, I was shocked that the emperor, his advisors, and his entire court chose to deny the plain truth of what their senses were alerting them to and instead went along with a fraud. Not only that, they continued to do so even when the truth was revealed. The questions I couldn't answer as a child were, how can that happen and why? When I picked up the story again as an adult, I understood that Anderson did address those questions here is what I pieced together from the material the author provides to the reader. My first question was, how can this happen? The simple, common-sense answer is that they made a choice. But what I appreciate about Anderson's tale is that he identifies the involvement of both the material and immaterial qualities of human beings in the decision-making process. The story demonstrates the material sensory system working synergistically with the immaterial qualities such as consciousness, free will, and agency. Some argue against the idea that human consciousness, free will, and agency are distinctly human attributes. This debate may persist because the immaterial qualities associated with the nature of human beings are abstract and fluid factors that frustrate scientific absolutes. The debate is also fueled by differing beliefs about human beings that are influenced by opposing worldviews. It is not a foregone conclusion, however, that these qualities should be dismissed. To do so would require us to turn a blind eye to the truth of what human history, literature, philosophy, the arts, and common sense acknowledge. In The Emperor's New Clothes, Anderson illustrates the interplay between material and immaterial aspects of human beings. The material sensory system of each character made them aware that there was no new suit of clothes to be seen or felt. The immaterial qualities of reason, conscience, and free will devised two choices that would lead to the exercise of each person's agency. The first choice would be to rationalize away what their senses witnessed, leading them to disregard their conscience, resulting in freely making the choice to go along with the fraud. The second choice would be to rationalize according with what their senses witnessed, leading them to affirm their conscience, resulting in freely making the choice to speak the truth, uncovering the fraud. In this story, some chose to deny the truth and others chose to speak the truth. My second question was, why would someone choose to deny the truth? Anderson supplies reasons for why the elites of the kingdom chose to go along with the lie. He describes the elite of the kingdom as intentionally rejecting the naked truth. They turned a blind eye toward the fraud, He wasn't the first to recognize that people can do this. The colloquial term, turn a blind eye, is derived from a phrase in a publication first printed in 1698 that describes choosing to turn away from something you don't want to see. Some may argue that fear motivated their behavior. While he acknowledges their fear, Anderson provides meaning-filled reasons identifying their value system as a factor in their decision-making process. The courtiers feared losing their position in society. The emperor's advisor feared he would lose his influence. An officer of the emperor's court feared being unfit and monetary loss. And finally, the emperor feared he was both a simpleton and unfit to be emperor. In short, they valued their reputation, their wealth, and their influence more than they valued truth. The idea of losing their social standing and lavish lifestyles influenced their willingness to turn a blind eye toward the fraud being committed, silencing their consciences by denying the truth as it unfolded before their eyes. Anderson describes them as being willfully blind to the truth. Today, 174 years later, similar observations as to why people demonstrate willful blindness are offered by Margaret Heffernan in her book, Willful Blindness, Why we ignore the obvious at our peril. The Emperor's New Clothes is a classic story demonstrating that our immaterial attributes like consciousness, rationality, conscience, and free will work together with our material attributes to identify truth and exert our agency. Anderson has done a great service through his story by providing the opportunity for us to learn that there are challenges we meet when making choices and that our choices have consequences. The honest child determined that the Emperor had no clothes on. He innocently stated the truth, which consequently rippled over the residents of the town, who slowly joined in as if aroused from a stupor. I've included a link to the Emperor's new clothes below so you can read the whole story. If you have children, enjoy it with them. It might be fun to hear if they react like the child in our story did today. Thanks to all the story lovers, thinkers, and curious who joined me today. Tap the follow button or ring the bell to catch the next show we'll be bringing you. Join the Thinking Curious Project to receive podcast announcements and updates, support our work, and receive advanced release of the Thinking Curious Review. The review is a deeper analysis of the topics that generate the ideas shared during the podcast.